Welcome to the Farmers Trainers Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Beckman. Our podcast is part of the concealedcarry.com network, brought to you by XS Sites. Recently, I installed a set of their suppressor sites on my Glock 19 MOS and was immediately impressed with the all-metal construction, quit site acquisition, and their 10-year warranty. And they're all made in the USA. This episode is brought to you by NAG Tactical. As instructors, our students are always asking us what gear we use. I always tell them I use N8 Tactical. Do you know that N8 Tactical offers several designs, each with extreme comfort for all-day carry? The Revenant and Professional holsters have a patented tuckable design, adjustable cant, and secure twist release. My personal favorite is the K01. It is an all-Kydex appendix holster that I can carry all-day in comfort. All of N8's holsters come with a two-week try-it guarantee and a lifetime warranty even on the clip. Remember to check out their Flex Mag Carrier also. It has a three-layer comfort backer and will accommodate several sizes of the magazines. Shop at n8tactical.com to find your next holster. That's the letter N, the number eight, tactical.com. Today, we'll be talking about spotting danger before it spots your kids. We bring this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at FTA, the Firearm Trainers Association. Visit their website at ftaprotect.com to learn more about their instructor coverage that they offer and their competitive pricing. Receive a special 10% off your policy by entering in promo code FTP10 at checkout. Today, we'll be talking with Gary Quisenberry, former air marshal and top shot contender, and now the author of the second book, Spotting Danger Before It Spots Your Kids. Welcome, Gary. How are things going today for you? It's going great. I appreciate it. Great. Glad to have you on the podcast again. We had you on with episode 54, talking about um, spotting danger before it spots you. And today, we're going to end the next book in the series about going along and talking about, you know, spotting danger before it spots your kids. But before we jump into that, for those that haven't listened to episode 54 yet, can you give our listeners a little bit of your background and what you've been doing over the last uh, umpteen years in your career? <laughs> sure. Sure. I'm a, uh, you know, I'm a, uh, I started my, my career in the military. Uh, I was in the army back in the eighties, uh, field artillery, a desert storm veteran. I got out uh, in 95 and went to work for the federal government. I started off in the Bureau of Prisons. I did that for about six years. And then right after 9-11, you know, I was one of the many people that dropped my packet to become a federal air marshal. And uh, luckily was able to start training fairly soon on that. Uh, I was a federal air marshal for just under 19 years and just retired this past October. So now I'm you know, living back in my hometown of Virginia, writing books and trying to pass along a little bit of the knowledge that I picked up along the course of my career. That's really great because uh, you you sent me an advanced copy of your book, and I was really, really impressed because you've got the book targeted at an audience that in a lot of cases, when we talk about crime and different things is overlooked and that is our kids. You know, we all, we go along and as parents say, I'm going to protect them, but you've, you've taken the step of going along and educating the parents on how they can educate their kids. Um, right. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, the process you've taken in your book for doing that? Well, sure. I mean, you know, I'm writing this, what I call the heads up series of books. The first book in the series was just a general overview of situational awareness. 
You know, I felt that it was important for people that have families. I talk in the first book a lot about families. And, uh, you know, I think that if you do have a family, it's important to start educating your kids at a fairly early age about situational awareness and how that impacts your personal safety. Now, that being said, you know, I'm a, I'm a father of three. All three of my kids are grown and out of the house now. But, you know, when they were young, I learned pretty early that you can't just set a kid down at the dinner table or whatever and say, okay, let's talk about situational awareness. When they're, you know, six, seven years old, you, you're not going to get any buy-in whatsoever. So the second book, uh, I just got a box of them in the mail today, Spotting Danger Before It Spots Your Kids, is more of a roadmap for parents to start reinforcing the skill sets that their children need to build upon situational awareness. Things like, you know, critical thinking, problem solving, and you can do all that through these little conversations, you know, learning a few things as a parent about how your kids learn different tasks and then setting these small little tasks and games in front of the kids that can build those cognitive skills that they need. How young do you think a kid could be to be able to, you know, understand these kind of games to build their cognitive ability? Well, see, that's, that's the thing. Like, they really don't need to understand what it is you're teaching them in the beginning. So, you know, I, I wrote in this book that it's for like four to 12-year-olds, parents with children that are four to 12 years old. You're not going to teach a four-year-old about situational awareness. But what you can do is start talking to them about the things that, that constitute danger and what that means to them. And then you can start doing things like playing these little games. I recommend using like flashcards that have uh, descriptive words on them, like big, tall, skinny, fat, you know, and, and work with your children on developing that descriptive language, playing games like memory, I spy, things like that, you know, that helps to build the skills they need to, to form situational awareness when they're older. But more importantly, it keeps them connected to their environment right now. Because all too often you see people, you know, they've got their kids out at a restaurant or in a mall, in an airport. I used to see this all the time. And they just put an iPad or a phone in front of them. And that's the babysitter. But what that does is it disconnects that child from their environment. Mm -hmm. And if you ever expect them as they get older and start seeking more independence to be safe and secure in their environment, you have to keep them connected so that they can maintain that level of situational awareness they need when they get into those years that, you know, like I said, they're driving, they're dating, they're going to parties. That mm -hmm. stuff becomes more and more important the older they get. Yeah, they're going to their friends' houses or they're, you know, going going with, you know, outside of your immediate area, you know, with somebody else and keep them aware of what, what's going on because you make a great point in the book. It's great to go along and teach our kids like stranger danger. But at the same time, what, you know, what do we teach our kids to do if you're not around and, you know, a stranger comes up to them and, I, and you had a great yeah. suggestion, you know, find the people in uniform, you know, because they're going to be police, they're going to be a firefighter, they, you know, they, you know, they're going to be the, you know, custodian or, you know, the, the, you know, at the stadium or something else like that. But people in uniform are normally the people that are, you know, in, in control in that area. And you've got some really great suggestions in your book to what to go along and talk to your kids about and how to talk about it, because, you don't want to, you don't want to go along and scare them to death that, you know, they sure. should never do things, but you can yeah. go along and make them aware of things to where when something does happen, they can very easily say, okay, well, you know, what's you know, the game I'm playing, you know, where should I go? Who should I talk to? You know, I just don't right. go up to anybody. I go up to, you know, somebody, you know, that, you know, that fits this profile, you know, like you said, big, tall, short, you know, those, those types of things, you know, another family with kids, you know, they immediately understand if a kid walks up to them and is like, Hey, I can't find mommy or daddy. 
they understand exactly what, where that kid's coming from. Oh, absolutely. Now, now me personally and my wife as well, we've never been a fan of the whole stranger danger thing mm-hmm. because in the majority of cases, the people that you run into, they're not horrible people. You know, you may not know them, but that doesn't mean you should instinctively be afraid of them. And we never wanted our children to be afraid to approach someone if they needed help. Mm-hmm. The trick is finding the correct person to approach. And like you said, sometimes that person's in uniform, you know, and one thing that my wife always taught our children and it worked, you know, in a real life instance with my son, I write about it in the book. We got separated at a giant 5k race in Las Mm -hmm. Vegas. And uh, because he followed the instructions that his mother gave him and looked for another mother within the Mm -hmm. crowd, you know, he was able to reconnect with me through her and uh, it all worked out. But, you know, if you find a woman, if you know, you teach your children that stranger danger, that's fine. If you use fear as a tactic, there's only two possible outcomes for that. One, it works. And now you have a child who's afraid or two, it doesn't work and you lose credibility as a parent. You know, my mom told me I should be afraid of all these people or I should do this or I should do that, you know, and then that doesn't come to fruition. You lose a little bit of credibility. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my wife always taught my, my kids when you're in a crowd, don't worry about the stranger danger thing. If you see someone that looks like a parent and they have children with them, it's pretty safe to assume that that person will go out of their way, you know, short of risking the safety of their own children to help that child reconnect with their parent. Mm-hmm. And you teach your kids when they're young to look for things like that. We have a game in the book that I write about it. We call it spot the good guy. And when you're just pushing your kid along through a grocery store or walking with them in a mall, you know, point out to me the people that you think would help you in an emergency situation. But don't just point them out. I want you to tell me why you feel that way. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that keeps them engaged with their environment, looking at people and understanding what constitutes a danger and what constitutes just an irrational fear that they may have. Right. And I think one thing your book does really a good job of is the stories that you have with each of the chapters, real life stories of going along, describing how people, how kids, it wasn't just people with these kids in the four to 12 range where they've gone along and either saved themselves or saved other people, which really kind of puts that icing on the top to understand why do the kids need to know, you know, these kind of skills, because they could be separated at a race or in one situation. I know there was a, uh, I forget how old she was, but she realized that her neighbor had not come in and picked up her, uh, newspapers off the front porch. And she, yeah. and she did that regularly. And because she noticed that little bit of newspapers, not being off the front porch, they were able to call 911 and found the neighbor, an elderly neighbor, neighbor at the bottom of the stairs, um, you know, couldn't get up, couldn't get to a phone and, you know, potentially saved her life. And that that's one of those things to where, you know, teaching kids how to spot dangerous one thing, but, you know, spotting the abnormalities and reacting to them appropriately for it. Yeah, exactly. And that's one of the things I tried to do in the book is I give parents these tools that I feel like come in handy, you know, to, to help you retain the information and to help you pass the information along to your child. So at the end of each chapter, there's a key point section. Uh, there's a practical exercise that you can do with your child to help you kind of reinforce some of the things you learn in that chapter. And then there's a section I call kids in action. And that's those stories like you were just talking about. And Mm -hmm. I felt, I've always felt that it's, you know, it's important to keep those stories positive 
because I'm not going to, you know, tell a parent, hey, don't use fear to teach your children about situational awareness. And then at the end of each chapter, tell some terrifying story, you know, that just doesn't jive with the theme of the book. So, you know, I try to keep everything positive. I try to show people that, you know, and children, especially that if you follow certain steps and you do certain things, if you look for certain things in your environment and in other people, you know, then you can you can kind of predict what's going to happen in any given situation. And that those are the things that keep you safe. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I just try to keep it as positive as I can be, because it would be super easy to write a book just full of terrifying stories and statistics about crime and how people are, you know, taking advantage of, especially young children. But I, that's not the book I'm looking to write. Yeah, there's there's plenty of that in the news. and They can turn on the news if they want to hear that kind of thing. But if you're actually trying to teach uh, young, young kids, you know, the best way of teaching them is through positive, um, information versus going along and trying to do the negative, you know, positive tell, you know, teaches people what to do versus negative, which is very, you know, even from the adult learning model, you go along and you have something negative. Don't do that. Well, what should I do if I'm not supposed to do that? You know, we learn, we and our, and kids also learn from a very positive standpoint of telling me what you, what I should do versus not what not to do type of thing. Right. Right. So that's uh, really, really great. What are your ideas? Um, you know, our podcast obviously is, is geared toward instructors and instructors, uh, hopefully can take this information integrated in their class, but what are your thoughts about where could instructors uh, integrate this into their classes specifically at? Well, you know, when I first started, when I first started the process of writing a book, uh, the, you know, I was trying to just get all this information that I had in my head over a career in the military and law enforcement, working in prisons, being a federal air marshal. I shoved all this stuff on paper and, you know, the publisher came back. was like, you know, we can't print this, you know, it's way too, <laughs> It's, it's way too scattered. Yeah, they actually use the words unfit for print at one point in our, in our conversation back and forth. But the situational awareness piece is the one thing, no matter what my job was or no matter what you do, you know, as a listener, you know, a person that's carrying concealed or whatever, it, you know, no matter what, situational awareness is one of the most important pieces that you can incorporate, incorporate into any training program. And that doesn't matter if you're practicing firearms, you're doing some sort of self-defense like jujitsu or whatever, you know, you always tell people, and I say it in the book, you can't fight what you don't see coming. So if you're not practicing situational awareness, if you're not integrating situational awareness, you know, into your training, then you're kind of doing yourself a disservice in terms of just having the full picture when it comes to confronting violence or, you know, being able to spot it ahead of time so that you can avoid it. That's the best way to keep yourself hundred percent safe Mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah, I've seen a lot of instructors, they go and they, you know, have a crime awareness or crime prevention type of courses that they teach, but this could also be a great entryway to go along to like a grade school, um, awareness program for, so the kids learn how to go along and, and understand what, what the positive outcomes or positive things they should be doing to prepare for it. Cause just like you said, you've got games where you can go along and play I spy and things like that. And if kids start thinking about, about that, then they understand a little bit more awareness and the parents uh, would understand a little bit more awareness as instructors. We can educate them on how to present things in a positive manner instead of going along and coming up with uh, crime statistics that'll scare them or, you know, talk about, you know, what's on the evening news, you know, those types of things that are a lot of times more negative than not, and not, not teaching the uh, kids what they should be doing. Right. 
And one of the biggest hurdles that parents are going to face, you know, either with themselves or with their kids is disconnecting a little bit from, you know, from, from all the electronics, the social media and the cell phones and all the things that get you sucked in, you know, and take away from your environment. And that's what predators are looking for when they're looking to, you know, to, to exploit someone or to take something from someone. They're looking for that person that has their guard down. In the book, you know, I, I call it, and you know, in, in the, in the uh, self-defense realm in general, it's called focus lock. So, you know, there's something that you have that you're so locked into that it completely takes away from the rest of your environment that becomes a danger to you. So that's, what's important for parents to understand is no matter how you present the material, you need to make sure that when you are presenting it, that you're doing it free of other distractions. You know, don't let your kid, when you're playing, I spy go between I spy and looking at Instagram, you know, or TikTok or whatever they're mm-hmm. looking at. But, uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta be able to disconnect them from that before they're going to get the full impact and benefit of the information that's in the book. Yep. Well, it's definitely. And, uh, they, if you think about it, you know, these are, I think a lot of fun exercises that with kids, you can go along and pass the time, you know, when you're in the car with them, instead of having them look, look at a, you know, iPad the whole time, or when you're out walking, you know, instead of, instead of them doing something, you know, make it into a game so that you go along and they're like, okay, you know, you know, where are the exits in this restaurant? You know, yeah. yeah, All of a sudden, you know, they go along, keep, you know, stop complaining about, you know, what they want to eat. And all of a sudden they're like, okay, there's two exits. Which, you know, which one's closer, right? Now, what, what would you do if somebody came in here and came in there, you know, all those, what ifs type of things to get them to start thinking about it, which yeah. is a game by itself, but it gets them to start thinking about those uh, variables and being aware because as they, you know, grow up and, you know, 12 year olds turn into teenagers and things like that, you know, they've got to have that awareness, you, you know, even when they turn into adults, they need to have that awareness in order to keep themselves uh, safe from danger. Yeah. And it's one of the things that I learned with my own children, that if you start that conversation early, you know, the more apt they'll be to use it once they do start seeking a little more independence. So, you know, there's not, you know, all three of my kids, all three of them are in the military. Now they're all off doing their own thing. But, uh, uh, you know, as they started kind of stretching out into the world and moving a little further away from home, there's not one of my kids that haven't at some point called me and be like, hey, dad, you know, I'm glad we had that conversation about, you know, what you do in this situation or that situation, because this is what happened and this is how it played out. And this is what I did. You know, and those are those are conversations I take a little bit of pride in as a parent that, you know, they look back on the things that you taught them, even though, you know, in the moment, especially when they're teenagers and you're trying to impart a lesson on them you get a little bit of eye rolling and kind of glazing yeah over. yeah yeah i hear you dad yeah i hear you but yeah exactly <laughs> but you know some of it sticks and as a parent that's all you can hope for and you can only hope that the information that sticks was presented to them in a positive way so that they could recall it and implement it when the time comes mm-hmm yeah, I've got grandkids now and, uh, I'm hoping my kids will impart upon them when I'm not around on my grandkids about the same kind of, uh, situational sure. awareness, because, you know, they, they may be in strollers now, but it won't be about a year or two before they're going to be running free, you know, going sure. different places and they need to understand some of that situational awareness. Sure. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, we talk about situational awareness and I tell everybody that distance is your friend. You know, the, the further away you can see something coming, you know, then the better you can prepare for it or work your way around it. And I think that's kind of the same way when you're raising kids, 
you know, there's a reason that they crawl before they walk and they walk before they run. And so that as a parent, we have that gradual release, you know, we have that gradual ability to let them stray a little bit further away. And then once they hit 16 years old and they get that driver's license, you know, that's when all these lessons that you've been trying to teach them as they were younger, you just keep your fingers crossed and hope that, you know, they picked some of that up. Yep. You know, about where they park at and who they hang around with and, and, you know, driving home late at night and all those kind of things. Yep. Yeah. Good yeah things. Distance is your friend, but when you're raising kids, that distance closes quick, you know, so you got to get as much information, you know, to them and prepare them in the best way you can now, because, it's amazing. And, how and, and time goes. flies, you know, at one point they're, Absolutely. you know, in a pumpkin seat yeah. next, next minute you're watching graduate from uh, high school. Yeah. And it's crazy, right? <laughs> yeah, real crazy. Well, hey, Gary, this is the second book in your series of books. Can you give yes. listeners about, uh, a little idea of what books to look for in the, uh, in the coming, uh, editions? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So YMAA Publications is the company that's publishing these books. Uh, I, I originally signed on for a four book contract with YMAA. Uh, the first book, In Danger Before It Spots You, which, like I said, is just a general overview of situational awareness. And it's not written, you know, with the, you know, the military person or law enforcement person in mind. It's just for general folks that want to learn about increasing their situational awareness and keeping themselves safe. Uh, the second book, which, you know, we've been talking about spotting danger before it spots your kids. That's second in the series. And it's for parents who have children between the ages of, say, four and 12. Uh, the third book in the series, which I've already submitted the manuscript for, it, and it should be ready for uh, print in spring of 2022. They're usually they're spaced about a year apart. And that was going to be spotting danger before it spots your teen. Like we just said, you know, a kid, it's easy to keep control of them for a little bit. But once they start becoming mobile and more independent, mm -hmm. then, you know, you face an entirely unique set of problems there. So that's what the third book is going to be about. The fourth book, there's still a few options out there, but I believe the fourth book is going to be for travelers, families going on, you know, vacation, whatever, out of the country, in the country, whatever. But uh, I think as the world starts to recover a little bit from this whole COVID thing and, you know, travel becomes a little bit more regular again, that people will be ready for that book. And, uh, you know, the world's only gotten crazier. So you go here, you're there, you know, overseas or domestic, and there's going to be people out there that are looking to take advantage of folks. And that's just the nature of the beast. So be ready for it. Yeah, the one consistent through, you know, human history has been there's always been those predators that take take advantage of other people for you know, whatever reason there's always a predator sure man it's you know i don't see any other way around it it's just the way just the way mother nature built us yeah it's uh kind of kind of crazy sometimes when you think about you know what way we're built but they're always going to be a predator one one way or or the other out there um, sure. in fact you know one of the big things uh you know the, is in the news right now is all about the uh uh gasoline pipeline you know the hack yeah, you know yeah. from that standpoint and you think about it that's not even somebody in your own country you know that's somebody you know outside the country who got into a network who created you know chaos and you know that predator you know what were they looking for you know i don't know the specifics but you know were they think about trying to get a ransom are they just trying to create chaos or are they just trying to you know throw the economy in turmoil because there's you know we're our, the U.S. definitely runs on petroleum, to say the least. You know, our oh, economy. Yeah, yeah, we certainly do. So, but underscores the need to be a, be aware all the time. Absolutely. 
Yeah, but those are the books. You know, those are the ones, the four. And we're, we're talking about possibly stretching that contract out and doing a fifth book. So, you know, what I don't want to do is for this to become overly repetitive. So I try to keep everything from a different perspective for a different age group, for a different, you know, you know, whether you're a family or you're traveling or you're immobile at home or you're just out and about in town, you know, different ways for you to keep yourself safe. It's uh, it's definitely worth a read, I think. <laughs> yep, definitely. And this is in print. Is it in, in um, uh, Kindle format also? Yeah, both books that are out now are are both in print and the e-editions for Kindle or whatever. Great. So people could uh, can get that, download it before they, you know, jump on a plane or do something else like that and have something. Yeah, good, absolutely. Good you can pick read. them up. You can pick them up anywhere books are sold. You know, you get them on Amazon, you get them, you know, wherever you buy books. And, you know, if you do order one, I, you know, just throw it out there. I really appreciate the reviews. I love the feedback because it kind of helps steer the ship, you know, when it comes to the next book a little bit. I try to implement some of the feedback I get, some of the things that people want to see or some of the people think, are, you know, positive or negative. I just like to hear what the readers think. But, yeah, mm-hmm. you can pick them up anywhere books are sold, and we appreciate the reviews. Yep. I think uh, looking forward to see where this uh, series goes because this is the second book in the series that I've read, and uh, it's getting better. Let's put it that way. So I'll, I'll be very interested in seeing seeing the next one. I don't have teenagers, but I've been through that that cycle already. So I'll be very right. interested to see what you your approach to versus the way the approach that I've taken. Yeah, and the funny thing is, is it changes so quickly. You know, like the things that we dealt with as teenagers are drastically different than what our kids face today. And you know, I wrote that manuscript this year, but by the time it's in print. You know, some of the things in terms of technology that I talk about, that's one of my fears is that, okay, that's obsolete now. You know, why was I even, you know, so. Yeah, 10 years ago, we just had Facebook. Now we got Twitter and we got TikTok yeah. and we've got Snapchat and we, mm-hmm. Instagram. we got all these other ones. So in five years, you know, is it going to be different? I'm sure it's yeah. going to look different. And I try to keep it kind of just general where, you know, I don't try to be specific about apps or anything like that, but just the technology in general and how predators, you know, particularly predators that look for children and try to exploit children and how they use those applications and how they use that technology. Instead of talking, you know, so much about the technology and which apps to watch and which apps not to watch, I talk more about the behaviors and what to look for in your children and, you know, mm-hmm. some of their internet activities and stuff like that to try to monitor, you know, who they're interacting with and, and how that's affecting them in their personal lives. Because, you know, like I talk about, I was talking to a friend the other day and we were saying, you know, you know, I talk about not using stranger danger to teach your kids about personal safety mm-hmm. and how the very parents that will tell their child stranger danger will then let them get on Facebook and interact with God knows how many strangers, you know? So just because they're not in your house with you doesn't mean they're not in your child's mind or in your child's life to the point where they can exploit them. Mm-hmm. So as parents, we have a lot of responsibility and trying to stay on top of that and trying to educate ourselves on how to best, you know, shut some of those more negative behaviors down when the time comes and be, and be aware of it. Because like we said, sure. things are going to change, but the behaviors are, will be the same. It's, you know, right. similar, some are, you know, 50 years ago, 
you know, predators were one, were one way, you know, they knocked on people's doors. They solicited, they did things like that. Well, those same kind of at predators are now using it, using social media. And you got to keep the same thing in mind that uh, somebody knocked on the door and said, Hey, you know, I got a million dollars for you. You just got to give me $500 now so I can, you know, get the check transferred over here. You slam right. the door in their face. So why do we fall for that? When somebody sends us a, uh, email or, or social media post. So, oh, absolutely. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Well, hey, Gary, been asking all our guests this year. Can you name an influential instructor or a book that you feel other instructors should seek out? Well, absolutely. Uh, I'll go with the instructor because one of the most influential people that I ever had the opportunity to work with was uh, Kelly Vinden. Uh, Kelly Vinden is a former Army Command Sergeant Major. He's a Delta Force operator. Uh, just an incredible guy. And I worked with him uh, in Atlantic City as one of the firearms instructors for the Federal Air Marshals that were coming through the academy. And I learned so much from that guy that, you know, I look back, I used to call him the gun whisperer. Like I could say something to a student a hundred times and kind of diagnose what they were doing wrong and tell them how to correct it. And they just wouldn't get it, wouldn't get it, wouldn't get it. So I would always go to Kelly and be like, I don't know what to do. Like I, I, I'm at my wit's end. I don't know how to get through to this person. And Kelly would go over and he would talk to him and say basically the same thing that I would have said, <laughs> you know, just somehow he made it different and they just absorbed it. And you could see the light come on and they were like, Oh wow. I totally get it. Just one of the most incredible instructors I ever had the opportunity to work with. Now, once he separated from the air marshal service, he actually started a company uh, criterion tactical. And I don't know if he's doing it now, but I know he used to do a lot of instruction all over the country. Uh, you know, taking on groups and teaching them what he knows about firearms, you know, weapons manipulation, just an incredible, incredible guy. Wealth of knowledge, highly recommended. Great. Great. Well, I hope, uh, hope our listeners uh, check out and see uh, if Kelly's doing anything in the area, maybe take some training from him. Cause that sounds uh, like a really good instructor to, uh, to see how they work and then also be, uh, uh, trained by them. Sure. Yeah. He's a great guy. That's great. Well, Gary, where can people find more information about you and your uh, series of books? Well, I've got a website. It's uh, GaryQuestenberry.com, and all of my social media links are are there on the website, along with pre-orders for the books. You can get signed copies, and then there's also links to all the various booksellers, some independent bookstores and stuff like that, where you can pick them up, uh, you know, around your local area. And you know, Gary.Questenberry on Instagram. That's where I'm most active. And I actually started a new company called where I do a little consulting and training on situational awareness. And that is uh Questenberry personal defense training. There's links to that on my website as well. Great. And we will include links in our show notes for that also. All right. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, Gary, really appreciate you being on the podcast today. Again, uh, going along, giving us great information when it comes to situational awareness and really uh, look forward to that third book in the series. I think it's going to be really great to see what you talk about when it comes to teens and for those instructors out there that are doing crime prevention classes and situational awareness. Um, it, it's probably going to be another one that I want to add to their library for their students to be able to give, uh, pass on that great information to them. So thanks. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. <laughs> have a good one gary thanks a lot all right i appreciate it that's a wrap on this episode we have a few requests visit podcast.concealedcarry.com to enter in for our weekly prize giveaway remember you can't win without entering and your entries do not carry over from week to week this week's podcast winner is daniel s and they want a ready up gear mcf spark flashlight 
Next week's prize is a draw like a pro. Visit podcast.concealedcarry.com to be entered in for this week's prize giveaway. Remember to check out the Guardian Conference on September 17th and 19th in Oklahoma City for an opportunity to take training classes from guests we've had on this podcast to improve yourself and the training you offer your students. Go to guardianconference.com for more info. Visit our sponsors, especially the Firearms Trainers Association at ftaprotect.com and check out their instructor insurance. Being a responsible instructor means having insurance coverage. Remember to use promo code FTP10 for 10% off at checkout. If you have any ideas for new episodes, suggestions on guests to have on the show, or feedback, please email us at FTP at concealedcarry.com. We bring this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Stay safe, everyone. Concealed Carry Inc. and ConcealedCarry.com strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel.